With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Sorry about the noise. My neighbor's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Master Builders Victoria members get access to a wide range of expert advice and support services. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Well, I'm always fascinated when I'm about to speak to uh, one of our uh, cricketing experts or any expert in any sport where we get word that the first thing they want to talk about is a sport that's <laughs> completely different to what we got them on about. So Adam Collins, uh, SEN cricket commentator extraordinaire, uh, has jumped on today. But if you didn't know this about our man Colo, he is, uh, he is as proud and passionate a Hawthorne member and fan uh, and engaged as a Hawthorne member and fan as you will find. And he sat there this morning uh, and listened to Jeff Kennett uh, speak to the boys on SEN Breakfast, <laughs> and that's the first thing he wants to speak about today. Colo, hello, mate. Uh, g'day, mate. I wouldn't quite characterise it as wanting to speak about it, but uh, <laughs> your producer asked me if I would answer a question on it, and look, uh, yeah, I did catch the interview. I suppose it's um, 45 minutes, so I'm not getting back, but kind of once you got beyond the you know, rambling non-sequiturs, there was some pretty sort of serious stuff there, I found it. Now, quite sad that Jeff agreed yeah. to political tweets across the club, 15 million bucks of state government funding. And, yeah, it's, it's pretty clear why, therefore, we're, we're supporting Andy Gowers and James Molino, Maria Lou, and Ed Sill. The voting opens at 2 o'clock today. It's going to be a really important election. Yeah, it is. And, and in all seriousness, um, it, it was – I found it – and I'm a, a Hawks member as well. And, you know, to, to get on there and criticise Andy Gowers, believing he's made personal attacks and then proceed to spend 30 minutes personally attacking Andy Gowers, I – I didn't think it was befitting of, of a club president. And it is a shame because of all the great that Jeff has done, the events in the last phase, especially in his first tenure as president, the events in the yeah. last phase of the second tenure, I, I, I'm sad to say, I think we'll tarnish that a little bit. And there's an old saying, yeah. Colo, that you learn a lot about someone by the way they break up with you. Well, this breakup's getting pretty <laughs> ugly and it's getting pretty cheap. No, I completely agree with you. I mean, the first term of the Kennett regime, if you like, going back a long time, his first six years, I think when he left there, it was with a degree of respect across the across the club. And, I mean, this time around, it's very much about putting the members back in the middle of all of this. So Andy Gowers and James Molina have spoken a lot about putting the club before politics, and they'll have the club in the middle of all of that. Um, and, yeah, hearing them hearing Jeff criticise Andy and, and James because they're blokes as well. I mean, it was Jeff and Peter Dankerville's candidate who decided to put their two women on the board up for election this year and roll over Richie Vandenberg. They could have had uh, one of their existing board members rolled over for another year, but they chose to prioritise the man in, out of that out of that three-member uh, situation this year. So, yeah, it doesn't ring true. And it's also, yeah, as I say, worth noting that Hawks for Change, the group I'm associated with, enthusiastically supporting Maria Louie, who sounds like a perfect fit as a lawyer 
to come onto the board, I'll certainly be voting for her later today. Uh, Colo, great to get your thoughts on that. Hey, you were there last night. 15,000 people was a disappointing crowd, but it was anything but a disappointing performance from Australia. Strong start on the field to the Aussie cricket summer. The run chase was really impressive. Four for 66, they had the Palms in incomplete control. Milan then took back control uh, with his 134, but Warner Head and this new guy who I hadn't seen before. You know, his name's Steve Smith. That's not the same Steve Smith, is it, that I saw out there that we've seen become one of the best in the world and then in recent years um, go through a few little struggles. Yeah, Sam, I copped a whack last night when I sit on air. I think it's the best I've seen Steve Smith that for a couple of years. And what I mean by that is that I suppose when you watch and cover a lot of cricket as we do, aesthetically you can pick up when a player is really seeing it well. And mm. The way that Smith came out of the blocks last night, it was a, a pretty big departure from, well, maybe what we saw in the last Australian summer. There was a significant performance at Gaul where he made his first test century for 18 months earlier this year and 100 in Cairns against New Zealand. But this was like Steve Smith back to his very best. A lot of commentary around the fact that he's staying more still in the crease. So he mm. has made that technical adjustment in the middle of the year. Gone are the days of him going back and across to the sixth stump before greeting the ball. Um, gone are the gesticulations and the you know screaming, no run and all the carry-on. It seems like he's sort of got a clarity of purpose. He's back to a... Yeah, a far more belt and braces, Stephen Smith, and it suited him last night. 80 not out, deserved a ton. Ultimately, the man that led them to a 1-0 uh, series lead. And I think Australian cricket needed that too, Sam, after the World Cup getting bundled out early, not making it to the semi-final stage. Just a bit of spring in their step towards the end of this series and into the Test matches starting on the 30th of November. We've been speaking in the first hour of the show about and getting people to put their thinking caps on about there's clearly a disconnect at the moment between people are voting with their feet and voting and the, the bums aren't on the seats that we've come to know and love and, 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 you know, expect when it comes to our Australian cricket side. So for whatever reason it might be, and there's people throwing up a ton of them. Yeah. Do, do you feel like there's got to be a, a restructuring of the international and our uh, Australian summer schedule to make sure that we, not, maybe not streamline, but make it easier to follow, um, make it, um, you know, really make it a more direct um, summer and schedule for people to get back on board and be able mm. to follow it along easily and then re-engage with it. Mm, I, I agree. It's a sort of a Byzantine situation these days, isn't it? You look at the schedule when they released it in May and you, you try and chart it through it, even as a cricket journalist, it's hard to always have the thread of it now. It was complicated by a T20 World Cup this year. In, in not the ideal time of the year, October into November, we can all concede that. As Sam, we spent a couple of freezing cold nights in Geelong there calling <laughs> those games, for example. But Wrapped to be yeah, there, though. Wrapped to be there. Wrapped to be there. It was an absolute joy to be down there at the Cattery, and I think they were a great World Cup venue as it happens. They, yeah, they were. A splendid job. Splendid job, and I, I hope they get more international opportunities into the future. But that complicated it in this home summer. But over the last maybe 10 or 15 years, it's got more and more complex with the three formats. Uh, with the big uh, window they need to give to the Big Bash League to give it primacy right in the middle of the summer for domestic cricket, which means by extension, the Shield is pushed to the margins of the calendar, which also isn't the ideal way of doing it if you were starting a fresh show. I agree. I mean, it, it's, I, I'm, I'm most sympathetic to schedulers, though. Um, around the world, it's only getting tougher with cricket. You look at the Blocks in the Future Tours program, it's like a game of Jenga. You pull out one and, and the whole power comes tumbling down. So uh, it, it's not a job I'd ever want, but um, I do think they're going to be forced to consider more of these issues in about five years' time. The Future Tours program came out a couple of months ago, and that's scrappy to say the least. Uh, but um, what's easy to detect there is that some nations are playing roughly the same amount of test cricket, so Australia, India, England, and some nations are playing 
dramatically less than they have played. For, for example, South Africa. I'm really worried about South Africa mm. and where they might be as a test-playing nation in five or six years' time because it's going to be harder and harder for the, uh, for the South African administrators to keep their players nationally contracted when they've got so many opportunities to earn a lot more money around the world playing in domestic T20 comps. And with the IPL now owning clubs in South Africa, in the UAE, those two tournaments both starting this, or this coming January, I'm sure it won't be long before the IPL owners also have a stake in the 100 in England, maybe even in the Big Bash if they allow private equity. So it's getting more and more complex, and, and I agree, probably therefore harder to follow. We've only got about a minute before we've got to let you go, Colo. But is there something in the way that the, the women's tours get structured at the moment? Because they do play less tests, and we don't want to see that. But certainly there is something in the way that they go into tests, a one-dayer, and then a T20 with the team that comes out to visit. Is there something in that that can be taken into the men's game to make it a more simple tour to follow and engage in where we might yeah. do three tests, three one-dayers, three T20s? I'm a big fan of the multi-format series where it's yeah. possible. Harder to do when Australia and England and India are involved when they want to play more test, test cricket against each other. But the series like the one coming up against the West Indies, well, they played three T20s against them three months ago before the World yes. Cup or two months ago. Who remembers them? Yeah. And there will be other one days slotted in the schedule at some stage. As you say, grouping them together might get us back to how it was when, I suppose when we were kids, when there was some continuity yeah. from December through to February, which, yeah, we lack a little bit these days. Uh, Colo, thanks so much. Great to have you on. Really appreciate uh, your time and, and looking forward to hearing you and Jared and the whole team in action uh, tomorrow in Sydney. So we can't wait for that. Uh, thanks, Sam. Have a good show. Uh, great to have Adam Collins, uh, SEN Cricket, tomorrow from 2 o'clock, uh, Australia and England from the SCG. SEN have to follow along. You might miss a moment. SEN is your home of cricket this summer, and we couldn't be prouder for the fact. Back after this. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.